0: Welcome to Alphabet Fly Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests. We talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is GSC Cooper, and with me today is Andrew. What up? I was dropping little hints about who this character would be. Who do you think?
1: Yes. Uh, so, based on the alphabet, I... I can't imagine that Nomad shows up at this stage because he's really just a Captain America thing.
0: Oh, is well, it Nomad? nomad. <laughs> yeah, and Nomad has a longer history than. But you is think there it a does. Nomad that isn't there? Captain is a Nomad? America?
1: There's a non Steve Rogers Nomad. There's four. There's four Nomads. What? Yeah. So we're going to talk about
0: a couple of them. All today. right.
1: All right. We got to Nomad.
0: So Nomad. What do you know about Nomad?
1: The main one that I know about, which is just Steve Rogers when he doesn't love America. Uh, he he goes to being First Nomad. Off, there's
0: more to that. There's more well, to, the, to that. Yeah,
1: it's it's a little more complicated, but uh, the man without a country, Nomad, uh, still trying yes. to be Captain America but without the jingoistic America uh, patriotism. Uh, and he, he wears black, I think there's a yellow cape, and he's got, like, a, like, a black, uh, head sock, uh, costume. Does he have a deep V? V V-neck? Oh, the deepest V. Okay, Nomad's got the deepest V.
0: Well, not this Nomad, but there's multiple ones.
1: Yeah, like, there is a Nomad costume with, like, a belly button deep V.
0: Well, that's the one you're thinking, the one you're thinking of is the Captain America one. Well, the Steve Rogers one, I should say. But, uh, Steve Rogers was the first Nomad. Uh, so, do you remember what the events led him up to, being Nomad? No, it was definitely before
1: I was reading comics.
0: Okay, so, imagine, it's the 70s, Nixon is president. And Captain America figures out he's part of a secret secret uh, criminal cabal called the Secret Empire. Alright. Okay, and maybe... Well, actually, this is actually what happened. Captain America confronted him in the Oval Office. Nixon, himself. Uh And it is heavily implied that off-panel, he shot himself in the head. Nixon. Nixon, yes. Oh, gosh. And then uh, Cap was just like, Yeah, I don't think we're going to be Captain America anymore. (laughs) Oh, man. Also, one of the funny things about Nomad is that it was a joke moment in one of the first, in, like, one of the first issues after he became Nomad. um, He had, like, the really, like, you know, the deep V and, and the cape and everything, the super mm-hmm. fluid cape.
1: Which um, doesn't that, really make sense for cape- Captain America powers. Well, well. well.
0: um, <laughs> uh, The reason he had the cape on the first place was because whenever he was, you know, being, like, raw, raw Captain America troops and everything mm-hmm. in the World War World War Two,
1: he wasn't allowed a cape. He wanted a cape. He wasn't allowed. <laughs> and so one. he's like, "I'm no man now. I'm gonna wear a cape."
0: Yes, and that quickly changes because I think in one of the first times he tries to fight with a cape, he trips over himself against, and, <laughs>
1: and then the cape never appears after that. All right, I just want to like see guys like The Incredibles didn't invent the commentary on capes. They didn't make it up.
0: In fact, I would be really, really surprised if Brad Bird did not think of that specifically.
1: But Nomad.
0: Captain America, or Steve Rogers, was the first Nomad. The man without country. And then there was a second Nomad. So we're not even to the Nomad we're talking about today yet. Oh, gosh. He appeared in four issues. Exactly. second Nomad is Edward Ferble. He only showed up in four issues of Captain America. He was persuaded. To take the nomad identity by the red sc- uh, skull I'm surprised they haven't done a play on that with the red scroll or something like that where
1: like it's I, uh I bet somebody did and it was like really b level
0: and he was hoping to lure captain America to the west coast to as well to as well as his abil- uh identity mm-hmm. and uh Ferberl just you know staged fights and everything pretending to be. Pretending to be, you know, nomad and believing himself to be an actual hero, whenever the two like clashed, finally, he was, you know, using a bunch of, a bunch of flashy stuff that could hurt people, and Captain America just stopped fighting because he wanted to avoid casualties.
1: But very, very, used, very Captain America.
0: Yeah, but then he used that to his advantage, saying that Captain America didn't care about people.
1: Oh, that's and not how it works. Yeah,
0: Well, I mean, obviously there's this bad guy just fighting and fighting people and Captain America won't do a single thing to stop him. Eventually, Captain America was so annoyed and let him, like, go with a couple of missions on him as Nomad. But then, my favorite Captain America thing uh, came up, Ameridroid! (laughs) Mm. Which is a 20-foot tall... Android in the form of Captain America, who is inhabited by the, of the mind of a self-loathing former Nazi spy and scientist.
1: And by Nazi spy, we mean spy on behalf of the Nazis, not against the Nazis, right?
0: For. Yeah, okay. for the Nazis. Okay. And he's a self-loathing former Nazi. Okay. Yeah. And Why'd they put Lyle him in the Captain Decker? America bot? Um, in one twenty-two, issue one
1: twenty-two. Ah, uh, but like, why? Why would you do that? Why not? Well, it's a twenty-foot-tall
0: right. version of Captain America, who is as strong as someone who would be twenty-foot-tall in the shape of Captain America. All right, but yeah, he's my he's my favorite. He's my favorite one. <laughs> he showed up in nineteen seventy. Uh, 1978 wait did i get that right yeah in 19 19- yeah in 1978 the search for steve rogers and this was when uh captain america the captain america comic was captain america and falcon mm-hmm. it was kind of like a two-in-one but but always the falcon
1: yeah it was it was like a team-up but just the falcon like, like a Marvel team-up, but it was just Captain America and the Falcon. And the Falcon always kind of felt like a sidekick. Like, not quite a full partner.
0: Yeah, well, that's how the Falcon was treated for a really long time. And then he became Captain America, and then they are just like, hey, why don't we just stop making an interest in Captain America and uh, make Steve Rogers Captain America again? And then they did that. <laughs> now we're here today. So now we're going to be talking about the Nomad of this time. So his name is Jack Monroe. Okay. He is a professional adventurer.
1: Hey, I love those. So he gets paid. Instead to of just adven- being an adventurer. Yeah. He's getting paid to adventure. Not yeah. not an amateur.
0: Yeah, so he is his former alias is Bucky Three. Oh gosh. You know, remember when Captain America just picked up young children and just let all of them die? And and fight in the war? He was the third man to adopt uh, the identity of Nomad. The okay. first was Steve Rogers.
1: Also the third man to be Bucky, so...
0: Yeah. He's... I don't know anything about the movie The Third Man, so I'm just not <laughs> going to try to make an allusion to it. I just know that that's a movie that people like, apparently. Yeah, I don't know it either. It's it's a movie that is apparently very good. For That film critics say are very good, so... That's something. Whenever Steve Rogers decided to, you know, become Nomad, he eventually stopped being Nomad. And then he decided to be Captain America again. But mm-hmm. then uh, Edward Forbell, who we talked about earlier, became yeah. the Forbel. And then he got killed by a mirror droid. Right. But then, finally, a modified version of the Nomad costume was given to Jack Monroe by S.H.I.E.L.D., He was sent on a mission to infiltrate the headquarters of the terrorists called the Viper. Okay. Um, It was thought the Nomad suit would unnerve the Vipers, since the original Nomad defeated her once. Well, to be talking about the Viper, she's one of the many snaky women (laughs) that exist in the
1: Marvel Universe. Yeah. I mean, there's a large number of like snake based characters, even if they don't really have snake powers.
0: In the first in the first volume of of the of of this podcast and
1: of these books,
0: there were so many snaky ladies. <laughs> and it's been a while since I talked about one.
1: Okay. So do you need to say anything about Viper right now? No, no I don't. Okay. But they I'll... they specifically said Nomad beat Viper wear this costume go fight the snakes because this costume exactly all right I, like it's fair logic i guess
0: prior to donning the nomad suit he was a lifelong admirer of captain america and his deceased partner bucky when he was enrolled for in the lee school for boys in connecticut he met a man who shared his hero- his hero worship and history instructor Steve Rogers. Now, Rogers was not the original Captain America who uh, disappeared in the final days of World War II. But it was a man who obsessed, who was obsessed with his legend in discovering the original super soldiers formula in the notebook of a Nazi, uh, Nazi spy. He offered to exchange for the formula of the opportunity to become the new Captain America. Wow. Um, administration uh, officials approved his plan hoping to have a symbol of liberty to fight in the Korean War. S- undergoing plastic surgery to make him resemble the original Captain Marvel. I mean, not Captain Marvel, Captain America or Steve Rogers. That would-be successor was told the project has been terminated with the end of the Korean War. The Korean War, famously, shorter than the uh, show it was based off of, MASH was 11 years. The Korean War was, I think, like, 5?
1: I don't know. I just know that MASH really outlived it. By a lot.
0: And MASH was a good show, also. Yes. I liked MASH. It was pretty good. But he was now legally... Uh, but he was now known legally and accepted a post at uh, the Lee School. And... And... Uh, when he met Monroe, who had gone by the nickname Bucky, uh, they began... They began kind of just being... Captain America.
1: (laughs) You can just... You can just do that?
0: (laughs) You can. I guess. Man. I guess you can. That's a thing that people can do. Apparently.
1: I feel bad. I think somebody worked really, really hard on this story. It just doesn't sound that good.
0: No. (laughs) It's just... Hey, I'm a guy who is obsessed with Steve Rogers and named myself... And rename myself Steve Rogers and looks like Steve Rogers.
1: That's really villain territory. Like you, you just feel that villain starting to creep in. Obsession. It's it's a villainous trait.
0: Also, I'm pretty sure a uh, perfume. <laughs> but whenever um, the Red Skull showed back up, who happened to be a impersonator as
1: well. <laughs> Right, right. (laughs) Uh,
0: We basically just had, like, World War II impersonators, or uh, not impersonators, um, reenactors. Yeah. They injected themselves with uh, the super soldier serum that Rogers, not the Steve Rogers, not the Steve Rogers you're thinking of, but the- But
1: the other one that renamed himself Steve Rogers.
0: They injected themselves with that and then defeated the bogus red skull and then challenged foes to America- most of them being communist agents or sympathizers. I mean, is capitalism really that great, guys?
1: And and this is still with, like, a fake Captain America and a fake Bucky. He hasn't even become Nomad yet.
0: So, Captain America 2 and Bucky 3. Oh, gosh. I think Bucky 2 was... Rick Jones. Probably. No, it was Brick Jones. And then he stopped Big Bucky after Cap was just like, Yo, you suck. Stop it. <laughs> Running out of enemies to fight, they began preying on those who they subs- suspected of being communists. No! This is oh, bad. This is really bad. When the government learned of their indiscretions, FBI agents uh, went went to subdue them and placed them in suspended animation. No, you
1: you just, like, you don't need to suspend that animation. You just, you can just put them in jail. Just put him in jail. They're not going to explode. Like, like they're they're strong, but not that strong. Like you can you can detain Captain America.
0: Just about anyone who is slightly faster and stronger than a normal human can detain Captain America. Yeah, like it would take half a Spider-Man to detain Captain America. Oh man. Uh, they believed it was believed without the Vita Ray treatment that the original uh, Captain America had the Super Soldier Serum had delirious effects on their sanity. All right, They're, they were released decades later by uh, w- government employees. No, don't don't release
1: them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man, who was disgruntled by the official policies towards communists and the second Captain America and the third Bucky believed that the original Captain America was a fake. And fought him and the Falcon until the two were defeated, and sent back oh, to su- suspended uh, suspended animation. Oh man! The criminal psychologist Doctor Faustus gained custody of the two and they became they were became test subjects for mind controlling gas. Sure. Yeah. Test uh, as a test of loyalty, the the second Captain America was ordered to shoot his friend. Bucky and did so But he was unaware that the gun wasn't loaded And then After Faustus was defeated uh, Monroe was placed in shield custody Mm -hmm. given special treatments To restore his sanity Did it work? Mm,
1: Not really Okay it's kind of what I expected good, Good enough for shield to put him in a costume And send him to fight the vipers? Pretty much
0: Um, he was. He was. Uh, he did. He helped his hero Steve Rogers, uh, defeat Viper, and he maintained uh the identity of Nomad for a little bit, okay, for several months. And then he made his own style of crime fighting. We're done talking about his history. All right, we have a we have more things to talk about (laughs) though. Because guess who got a ninety series?
1: Oh man. Jack Monroe. Oh man! <laughs> yeah,
0: but let's talk about let's talk about his his steez first. Okay. So he is five eleven. That's not weighed, that tall. Yeah. Weighs two hundred pounds. Has brown brown hair and eyes. Okay. Um. He can lift about five hundred pounds under optimal conditions. With a super soldier serum.
1: That's not bad. When you picture people lifting, like, you know, you've read through a lot of these and it says, you know, how much they lift. What kind of lift do you picture? Do you picture them bench pressing it or like lifting it from the ground up above their head? It says lift
0: and in parentheses
1: press. Okay. So, so that's like a bench press, shoulder press.
0: I'm going to say it's like a bench press or a shoulder press and they could probably do a little bit more with like a
1: deadlift. Gotcha.
0: For a short amount of time.
1: Yeah, so like he can he can lift or press, but maybe not lift and press five hundred yes. pounds.
0: Yeah. He could probably do either one. But those are under optimal conditions.
1: Right. So that's yeah, that's at the gym with a spotter. Okay, got it. So really he's he's I mean that's not in in like the Marvel universe, that's not a ton no that's why Captain America is actually incredibly weak compared to most of the people he fights
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean so is he like physically matchless Captain America or not quite
0: he matches Captain America okay he's one of the hundreds of people who are as strong as Captain America and as perfect as Captain America
1: except nobody the- except nobody's as perfect as Captain America
0: no because he's white and Aryan looking.
1: Well, I wasn't going go to go there. I'm
0: going to go there. I'm going to go there just because, like, for real, like, why not? He's the perfect propaganda tool. It's true. He's just, like, he's this Aryan-looking white guy who's strong and fights for his country.
1: I mean, there's... I don't know where it is, but it's somewhere... No, it's, um... I think it's in, like, Earth X or or one of the series after it. Yeah. Um Where there's... Uh, a sequence, and um, Captain America is fighting the Red Skull, and I mean, I think that this has probably been done a couple of times. But he's like, he's punching the Red Skull, and the Red Skull stops fighting back. And Captain America says, "Why aren't you fighting back?" He's like, "Why would I fight back against you? You're my ideal. Like, he, like you represent everything I'm fighting for. So, like, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna fight against you."
0: Which is another reason why I think, at least in this day and age, it's better for us to have Sam Wilson as Captain America, because you can actually tell stories from a better point of view, instead of being a perfect white dude. You can tell from a better point of view for, like, especially our current political climate.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really complicated because of the history of Captain America, and then also the movies, and it, it becomes a big mess, doesn't it?
0: It does, and like it's mostly just because I want more representation. Yeah, and which, which Sam, is a fair
1: thing to want. Absolutely. In the same,
0: in the Sam Wilson Captain America was actually tackling some really heavy subjects mm-hmm. that you could not tell with just this perfect white boy.
1: Yeah, I I actually do kind of regret that American comics reset to status quo so often. I I do wish that characters could um you know die, pass on the legacy, and and things could move on at a faster pace.
0: I had a long I had kind of a long discussion about this on multiple episodes. I believe but it. <laughs> I like the idea of legacy characters, especially of major legacy characters, taking the name and actually taking the connotations with it mm-hmm. better than keeping the same people doing the same things, the same stories over and over again.
1: Yeah. And I, I, there's evidence that it works. I mean, Miles Morales as Spider-Man, you know, people, people enjoyed it.
0: You could still have, you can still have Sam Wilson as Captain America. Mm-hmm. And like, you could still have Steve Rogers and just have him have a different role. Cause I think it's more impactful of a story for Captain America to be about a, a black man who a decent amount of people hate. Because of his skin color, he's still trying to fight for his country because he loves it. Even despite those people. I feel like it's a better story. Yeah. And- in almost every way. Here's this perfect white boy who's who's up to here with his country again.
1: Yeah, there's, there's interesting stories that aren't being written because they're stuck with characters that have been written for 50, 60, 70 years and yeah. and like hey there's stories you can't tell with these old characters you need to freshen it up you need to change it you need to pass things on and sometimes they do and then they revert back and sometimes they move forward and they don't revert back but every time they're still going to write as Steve Rogers Captain America comic it's preventing them from writing some other Captain America comic about somebody trying to make their country good and and somebody trying to represent their country well like I mean, I realize some of my phrasing was was you know Trumpian slogan uh, stuff, which I I don't want to like be engaging with in that way. But like, it's okay for Sam Wilson, Captain America, to be fighting for the best parts of his country.
0: Yeah, and and the way they had the the only way that they the, they they could only go two ways to change Captain America. I mean Steve Rogers, and they did both of them. Um. Make him old and not able to, Mm -hmm. you know, not be the perfect person again, which I kind of liked. He was kind of like a Steve, like a, not a Steve Strange, a Nick Fury type. Yeah. Behind the scenes. Or make him a Nazi. They did both of those. In in the last five years. (laughs) Yeah, they did both of those. Like, you can only tell so many stories about him now.
1: And and if you move it forward, and also, like, you have some limitations, because Captain America's from World War II. It was a long time ago at this point.
0: Like I mean, you could still play around with time, and because like technically he doesn't age, yeah. really f- quickly or anything.
1: Yeah, I mean he think? got he got, you know, a however many year ice bath to to keep him from aging, and then the serum does whatever it does. But it's just not the same. Like if you have them creating a super soldier in two thousand versus in nineteen forty one it's an entirely different kind of mindset for what that hero needs to be representing and doing and fighting for and who he's going to be defending and how he's going to be defending them.
0: And and another thing too, is like the Captain America comics have been fairly progressive past a certain point. Like after you get out of the world War II era stuff, it becomes fairly progressive.
1: Like, like Steve Rogers is a shockingly, progressive man from nineteen thirties and forties. On his views on gender, race is like just frankly, like the Captain America they write probably doesn't represent the attitudes of a lot of people in the forties. He got he got woke real fast.
0: Yes, and I I like that. That's I mean, that's great. And the fact that he did bring blacks certain black superheroes into the spotlight mm-hmm. right next to him also good captain america has been around since the 40s like you know that's 70 plus years like i think you can only tell so many stories about a person having it up to here with their government
1: mm-hmm. when it's the same person if you have sam wilson then there's a whole set of new stories if you have yeah. you know someone else it's a whole set of new stories about how how they have it you know like you said they've had it up to here with the government or Whatever the story is, but you can have, you know, basically a different character in the same context and it's a different story.
0: And and that's what I want. And like and the thing is, is like I think they're doing okay with some of the newer heroes. Like Miss Ms. Marvel. Yeah, that's probably the best example
1: good. in recent times.
0: And I think Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is also a really good example of it. Um Miles, mm-hmm. um uh the new Nova, who's fighting aside with his father but um Richard Ryder, um but he's he's also like a he's he's half Hispanic half white which yeah. is also great having um and like you have an Amistadus Chow as Hulk is also amazing I love him so much
1: yeah so and they're b- I mean you've listed out the champions basically
0: yeah well basically the champions but um well the reason why they're all together is because th- they were all on the Avengers and they're just like yo guys this isn't helping
1: Like, we're too young to be here. You guys are too old for us. We need to do this different. So, you
0: know, there's that. It's just like, I want change to happen. Mm -hmm.
1: It works. And then they drop the, like the changing, the young, you know, like the the young Avengers. Um, You know, they drop the young Avengers and then they do the champions. It's like, well, you guys could have just been doing the young Avengers for the last 10 years. You could be doing both. Yeah, like, like The Young Avengers was a good series. The Young Avengers was also incredibly gay,
0: which is, I think we need another incredibly gay comic.
1: Yeah, like, I I wrote papers in college about The Young Avengers, and, you know, some of the stuff they were doing that was effectively dealing with, specifically, um, like, gender roles, and some of the things that, like, actually, they, even though they were trying to be Woke about it at the time. I mean, and Young Avengers is what? Early 2000s. So it's more than 10 years ago. Um, you know, even at the time, one, they couldn't do as much as the author wanted to do because he wanted to dig into trans issues that he wasn't able to get into is like, like the, the industry and pop culture wasn't quite ready for that level of discussion. Um, and so he, he ended up, you know, like, I don't want to say reducing it. But, like, he had plans for Hulkling to be a trans character. Um, and having to deal with like sexuality in that context. And, and they, they sort of simplified it down to it's like just make it a, a gay relationship.
0: They kind of tackled that a little bit with the Josh Whedon run of Runaways.
1: A little bit with, with Zavin. The, with, with Zavin, yeah. Um, but still not, not as much as, um, And I'm, I'm spacing on the name of the author for the original run on young Avengers. Um, but like he had scripts where Hulkling was, um, as, as Hulkling for being a superhero, you know, like male, masculine, all these things. And then shape-shifting, um, to civilian identity as a a girl, a high school girl. (laughs) And he didn't get to do that. And I think, you know, like it's obvious from the scripts that he wanted to, um, so like there were limitations put on Young Avengers and even some other like kind of esoteric academic stuff about how, um, even though they're giving like the girls aggressive and, and even like in the case of Hawkeye, like a phallic symbolized power, like she's shooting arrows, like it's, it's, it's a phallic situation. And you're giving the male characters like more, um, backseat powers, like, like Patriots carrying a shield and, um, Kate Bishop's carrying a bow and arrow. One is aggressive, one is pat- one is defensive. And the male is being defensive and the female is being aggressive. Like, they're playing with gender roles, but there's still some gender roles that they're not quite um, subverting. Like, how the female characters constantly need approval from male characters and the male characters are rejecting approval from, from their counterparts. Like, Hawkeye, when Clint Barton comes back, she's like, I need to go get, like, his blessing to keep being Hawkeye. But Patriot doesn't care if Captain America gives him his blessing.
0: Well, also, also another thing. Sorry, like we, like we are getting a little bit. Yeah, into th- this I don't know is, this why we're getting... getting to this with the Nomad episode. Yeah, but actually, you know what? Legacy. Actually,
1: it's, yeah, like with the legacy for Young Avengers, I think it's fair.
0: Um, uh, something that spun out of that was the original Captain America, the original person who got the Super Soldier yeah, Serum, e-
1: uh, Eli Bradley, right?
0: Eli Bradley, yeah. Which read Red, Right, White, and Black. Um, if you have not read that. Mm-hmm um because it is about eli bradley um it's basically the first captain america uh, because the super soldier serum was actually tested on a bunch of uh black black platoon
1: yeah
0: and the only one who survived was buried basically
1: yeah and and there were some negative effects on the serum because it wasn't complete but they felt comfortable testing it in that context um, as opposed to on steve roger's Um, And like it's it's a it's a pretty rough look at things, but um, I can't remember what we were really getting at. But I think the the gist of what we're saying is like we want good legacy characters to pass things on to get new, fresh context, a little less white, a little less male, you know, a a little less waspish, not wasp the character, but white Anglo-Saxon Protestant men.
0: Oh well, white well, the word wasp. The new wasp. Uh, the Natalie. Natalia. 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 Natalia Dyne. Yeah. Um. She is not. Wait. Did she take her? Take I don't know. Her? I forgot. I forget. It's just the red wasp. Is yeah. Basically, what she calls. She's basically was raised by Russians, and she's like a super, like assassin who also has shrinking powers mm-hmm. and is a super genius.
1: Um, and she's pretty cool. Yeah, um, but it's like it's good to pass things on and get new perspectives on all these characters. Put the put a new character in the same situations that you've used, and it'll be a different story. And and also another thing,
0: um, maybe market whenever you do that, so you don't go back to status quo mm-hmm.
1: every year. Well, and it's, like the movies damage it too, because the movies are trying to use classic characters. It's like, well, but we want to move on, so. Break the mold a little bit more.
0: But also at the same time, because the the Cloak and Dagger TV is coming out, we're getting a Cloak and Dagger ongoing, which is something we needed for years now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it helps a little bit in some spart- spots and then. But uh, talking about <laughs> yeah, we, Nomad we again. Yeah, we've
1: way far from Nomad. I think we finished talking about Nomad.
0: We are done talking about Nomad in this sense. Now we're going to talk about him as... Nomad, the guy from the 90s who wears oh, shades man. and has an N on his belt. Oh, man. I'm going to send you a link to his, because <laughs> um, he had 25 issues. Wow, in that's 90- a lot. In, uh, in 92.
1: That's a lot for this guy to get.
0: Just imagine generic 90s action hero. Okay. With sunglasses and a belt buckle that has M. Uh, yep, that it's a little bit Terminator, but with the hair. G- guess what? He has he has a uh, has a uh, adopted daughter, who he named
1: Bucky. Oh man! All right, let's get through this guy. I don't think he deserves that much time.
0: Well, well, I just want to go through how 90 some of this stuff is because if you just go through the covers, you get a pretty cool, good, good idea.
1: I mean and not even no. like 90s classic comics like 90s edgy comics.
0: Yeah, and he's aesthetic. a guy with a gun and a trench coat and he wears all black and has everything. And he has he's protecting his daughter who he dresses up as bucky a lot <laughs> from what I could see of these. <laughs> That's um, kind of weird. He fights like he does, he like he fights a lot of uh like Captain America people. So he fights like US agent yeah. who is a person who we might get into when did he first appear? Uh, probably a little bit too late for me to talk about.
1: Maybe, but the uh, U.S. agent is the the Super Sailor.
0: Yeah, so he is basically uh, John Walker. Um, he's like a imagine gritty Captain America.
1: <laughs> yeah, Captain America without like the uh, the great qualities. Yeah.
0: And just the like, like, ah, like all right, like he, like he became Captain America sometime during the late '80s or so, when Captain America was the nomad, basically. Or no, no, he became Captain America in the '70s when he, when, when he was nomad, and he also just did a bunch of just kind of messed up stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, As well as, I think, eventually becoming like a precursor to kind of like alt-right people. <laughs> like alt-right militant group. <laughs> oh, he was Captain America during a Civil War, also. Uh, part part of the time, yeah. Yeah, part of the time. You know, whenever, like also when uh, Punisher became Captain America for a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: So, there was a lot of ca- people that got to be Captain America right around then.
0: <laughs> yeah, and but, but 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 like he fought him in like the third issue. And I want to bring my I want to bring your attention to issue number 7, okay, of Nomad. So this is the Infinity War crossover, which was uh basically another reboot of the Infinity Gauntlet things but in the early 90s. And this is called the Infinity Gambit. So if you wanna see two kind of greasy dudes fight each other, this oh, is the man. Episode. This is the issue you wanna see. Wait, wait, there's also one, oh, oh the next one is just the worst. The next one is set during the Rodney King riots.
1: Oh gosh.
0: This is so 90s. Whenever I look at this, I'm just like, uh, oh, why did we? No wonder Marvel almost went bankrupt. I think they did. They declared it, didn't oh, they? Oh, no, no, they declared bankruptcy, and then they did a bunch of, like, Marvel Knight stuff, where they weren't doing, like, the official Marvel stuff. So, and that's when every got a lot more, like, Luke Cage and um, Daredevil and Moon Knight and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then they eventually just kind of went back to being liked all of a sudden. But, yeah, so, it, there's just a lot of stuff... Involving Nomad. And there's there's a concerning amount of covers of him in a dangerous situ- situation with a baby. As well. Hmm. Yeah, so Nomad was also a, just an edgy person. An edgy dad for a little bit. So, yeah. I think we're done talking about Nomad. I'm okay with that. So, yeah, I'm kind of okay with it, too. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Sorry, wait. There was one more Nomad after this. Oh, gosh. There was five was, of them? Uh, well, actually, no, there's six of them. Six of them! Okay. Oh, no, there's a Ricky Barnes. Alright. Um, who wasn't in a lot. She was raised by uh, her grandparents, Bucky Barnes and Peggy, Peggy Carter Barnes. And uh, there's two versions of her, apparently. She's from Counter-Earth, which oh, was... Gosh. Which is the Earth that's on the exact opposite side of the Sun that had like a similar but also completely different history. It's weird. <laughs> Let's say yeah. that. And then there's um. And then there was the uh, norm. Uh, the Armandzola created super soldier, who Captain America uh kind of adopted whenever he was stuck in Armandzola's uh, microverse factory, human factory. Dimension. And he became nomad. I think his name is like Alexander something. And he he was nomad for a little bit.
1: Man, so many nomads.
0: So many nomads and so little people to care about them. What a legacy. What a legacy. Also technically because of retconning, uh this nomad that we're talking about technically showed up in November 1953. With the retconning of um, issue number twenty-four of Young Men, Ugh. which looked like it was a oh okay, so it was a it started as a romance-based title named uh, Cowboy Romances, and then it became a war-based title named Young Men in issue four. Uh huh. And then it was uh then it became a revived superhero title. And it kind of reflected, like, the changing of people's ideas of what comics should be.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, dealing with, like, specifically, basically everything but superheroes had to go away. Yeah, and
0: and this is when it wasn't Marvel, but it was Atlas.
1: Oh, okay. So it was under the Atlas title. Man, the 50s really did some screwy things to comics.
0: I have a whole book about how comic books were treated throughout the ages called Comic Book Nation. It's a pretty oh, good yeah, read. Oh, yeah, that one's, that one's a,
1: a, a classic in the comic book studies world. Um, yes. Tencent Plague also digs into it pretty well.
0: Yeah, it was a pre- it's pretty interesting. It looks a lot into the uh, comic code and how pretty much it was just feeding into a bunch of... Uh, pff, overly concerned parents is
1: <laughs> well okay so i mean i could dig into it a little bit because i like i know pretty well about it um like frederick wortham and seduction of the innocent and all of that um but like here's the thing they found his research notes he fabricated it all for the hearings he he like took bits and pieces from like three different kids and described them as if it were one child and, like, completely screwed it all up. And it was real bad. And the, But, like, the – I mean, the industry was just decimated by the the code and, like, all of the hearings and everything. Because, one, it destroyed everyone's reputation who was working in comics anyway, whether or not they stayed there. Um, and, like, whether or not they could because of the comics they were writing. Like, The Tencent Plague is a really fascinating book about, like – where comics were and what happened after and like the attitude, there were book burnings of comic books because people thought they were going to corrupt your, your youth.
0: I think a thing that people don't bring up, but the seduction of innocence was a book that was on sale, which meant the more that can be drummed up about it. Yeah. The more money.
1: Yeah. It's for profit.
0: And so (sighs) let's just say a pretty bad scam artist got a national platform and probably got rich yeah and
1: and because of the like the backlash from his fabricated uh descriptions of things that one weren't founded on science and two were fabricated hundreds and hundreds of people who worked in the comic book industry never worked in the comics ever again
0: yeah so pretty much um i don't know screw con men
1: uh yeah and and back up your research like double check that research everybody
0: because of him comics became more of a little boy thing later on than everybody thing
1: because yeah it, all the it stu- gender it genderfied it
0: yeah because comics used to actually be read by everyone yeah
1: there were like, there if- were romance comics there were fashion comics
0: and in, like, in, like superhero comics were read by little boys and girls everywhere, mm-hmm. as well as some. And these romance comics are actually pretty well written and drawn. And like some of them, a lot yeah. of the comic and a lot of the comic book art that you think is amazing from back then,
1: it's not the best it's because art.
0: It's, it's some of the best art is because of romance comic artists and people like Sal Buscema and um and stuff like that came from the romance comics, yeah, which is why they why you have some of these really well drawn superhero comics later on. Yeah,
1: because they were – I mean, it was a big industry, and then it became a very small industry. It's so sad. It's, it's a really sad, upsetting story, and if you care about it, it's horrifying because of all the people that lost their jobs, all of the culture that we just don't really have anymore, all of the stories we could have had.
0: Like, the idea of having, like, another, like, 20 years of comics or so of ongoing stories – is is
1: saddening for yeah. me, but okay. We finished up Nomad. That was crazy.
0: Yeah. So we got into the uh, so we got into uh, Legacy, the concept of Legacy, and yes. it kind of spun out of control. But but uh, we'll know how much is kept in because I'm the one editing. <laughs> so
1: good luck. So yep. So
0: uh, basically,
1: yeah. Witcher your plugs? Uh, you can listen to me on the Protagonist Podcast and also on Disney Animation Minute Essentials.
0: Okay, so my name is Jesse Cooper. I have a podcast called Creepy Critters. I also have uh, a Instagram called. Um, I don't feel like doing my plugs right now. Okay, so yeah, this is uh, this has been Alphabet Flight, and may Madcap show you how truly. Uh, meaningless life is. Bye!